Outside the Shoot would like to thank one of their sponsors, the Lynx at Penn Hills. If you're a golfer, you're going to want to check out the Lynx at Penn Hills in Shubenacadie, Nova Scotia. With nine holes wide open situated along the beautiful Shubenacadie River, and the other nine tucked into woodland, this Les Ferber design is a challenge for the best of golfers. Located just 15 minutes from the Halifax Stanfield International Airport, the Lynx at Penn Hills has become one of the best courses in Nova Scotia. For more information or to book a tee time, go to lynxatpennhills.com. Hey, hey, everyone. Hope everybody had a great Halloween over the weekend and got their fair share of treats because I know I did. Welcome to episode 20 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. Before we talk about our guests, it's time for the OTC Player of the Week, and we're heading to Virginia as Christina Willemson takes home the honors. Christina went 8-for-11 last weekend, batting 727 with three doubles and four RBIs, as her 16U Virginia Glory Premier Team went 5-0-1 at the TNT Fall Showcase in Pennsylvania. Great job, Christina. On to our guest, and this week we're talking with Canadian National Team member and former University of Washington standout, Victoria Hayward. Vic is a four-time All-Pac-12 Conference winner, 2014 All-American, winner of the 2019 National Pro Fast Pitch League Jenny Finch Award, and most recently finished third overall in the point standings in the inaugural season of the Athletes Unlimited League. We're going to talk to Vic about getting her start in the game, her illustrious high school career at Mountain View High, being the youngest player ever to play for Team Canada at the age of 16, as well as her fabulous four years at Washington playing for the Huskies, and the chance to play this past summer in the newly formed Athletes Unlimited League. Vic was a joy to chat with, and you'll get to hear just how much she has a passion for this game in our talk. So as usual, grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. I've got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling, ain't never felt this freedom. I've got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. Ain't never felt this freedom. Could you, could you say that anything goes Here we go. Vic, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. How's things down in sunny Florida? Well, it's not super sunny right now. We've got a little bit of rain, but uh can't complain. It's uh it's a great place for me to train and I'm I'm enjoying being back into a little bit of a routine. Right on. Yeah. Crazy summer for you. A little little different than you expected, what? Very different. Very different in a lot of ways, but um a lot of really awesome challenges and uh I've had some fun along the way, so um, challenges, but just like redirected, kind of found a way to move on and, and make it um, a good experience. Right on. Well, with every every guest we have on the podcast, I like to ask, uh, tell us about uh, getting your getting your start in the game. Wow. Um, so my start, so I grew up in Toronto, but moved to the United States when I was eight because my mom got a job opportunity. And sports were kind of the way my family thought to help me make friends and just assimilate to just kind of an an entirely new country, an entirely new place of living. So softball was just one of those sports that it it was 
signups were going when we moved there. And so it wasn't, it was just kind of by chance that that was the sport that they picked for me. And, and I dove into it and, uh, I started playing when I was eight, just recreationally. Um, my dad and I would, uh, bought DVDs and VHSs of their VHSs back then of, uh, softball players kind of learning techniques and stuff. So we'd be practicing in the backyard and really just learning together and, fell in love with sports in general, but softball specifically and, and made it my, my only sport after high school. So I played multiple sports, um, until I went off to college and just my plan is to keep playing until I don't love the game anymore or, uh, they won't have me back. And so, so it's, it's been a good career so far, but it's definitely nowhere near over. Right on. Yeah. I come across your, uh, you went to Mountain View High, correct? Correct. Yeah. I got, you, you were a three-year captain, two-time All-State, uh, 2010 League MVP, Female Athlete of the Year. I picture you walking through the halls there like it's a, like it's a movie and everybody's looking at you. But That's a great image. Yeah. What, uh, what can you tell us about your time there? It was awesome. I mean, uh, I love that I had the freedom to play multiple sports. I played uh, soccer as well and was able to pursue other interests. I think that's something that is super important to me is just not being one dimensional. So finding ways to just be athletic and train in different ways. And so I love that through high school, I was able to do that. And honestly, my high school experience was, was fun. I was already playing on the national team at the time, my later years. And so high school softball was just a, a place to have fun. And the, there wasn't a lot of pressure. Uh, I was a pitcher and a first baseman. So I was in a completely different role and uh, just had an opportunity to do something kind of different and, and test myself in other ways that um, have for sure made me a better softball player. But it was just really fun and lighthearted and, and was a nice kind of um, change from the, the really competitive travel ball and coaches at all your games and all that stuff. So it was nice to have a balance where I was able to play with friends and, and try some new things on the field and just kind of explore who I was as a softball player. Yeah, so you, were talk, you said you were a pitcher there. 0.87 ERA there in your senior year. That's pretty good what what made you get away from that uh i just didn't have the passion for it um i was good but i i didn't love it like i loved other things about the sport and so there was a day where my my dad kind of was like i'm not going to keep asking you to do this if you don't love it then let's not do it and i was like i don't love it so mm. the role for high school i needed to do it i was i was kind of our only hope and so it was fun but um I knew that I was going to get the most out of myself as a softball player if I focused on hitting and slapping and, and outfield and, and really honing in on those things. But I often look back at my, my little pitching career. I did warm up. I did pitch in a Team Canada tryout camp for my first two years. Oh, wow. And uh, I did I did warm up for one game at Washington, but thankfully never had to go in. But uh, <laughs> always always keep it in my back pocket just in case. Oh yeah, well I'm a pitcher myself, so I know it. Like if you don't have the passion for it, like it's not good to be out there <laughs> throwing at batters because you know <laughs> something bad could happen if you don't have the passion for it, right? Totally. Yeah. Totally. So 2009 that must have been a crazy year for you. You're named to the Canadian national team as, as a 16-year-old youngest player ever, and you uh, got to play in the World Cup of softball in OKC. Uh, tell us about that experience, getting to put on the red and white for the first time. 
I mean, it was incredible. I had traveled up to Vancouver to uh, Softball City for a tryout to make a junior national team. They were creating a team to go to the Czech Republic and, and asking for two 92s, which is my birth year. And so I went up as a pitcher. They were looking for a pitcher and a catcher and, and did well, but obviously that's not who I am as a softball player. And so I was there and Harvey Stevenson was like, you're already up here. You're this random girl from California. Let's have you go to the senior camp as well. Um, but I, I just went in there and had fun. I, I didn't make the junior team. So I was like, there's not a shot in hell I'm making the senior team. So let's just go out, learn from everybody. These are the best softball players in, in, in the country, some in the world. And so I really just took it as a great opportunity. I had, I had no idea I would make the team. And honestly, those first few years on the national team for me were such a whirlwind experience. Like I look back at some of the people I played against, some people I played with, and I was just completely overmatched in so many ways and was just trying to be a sponge to everything around me. So I've, I learned so much during those times. And um, no doubt where I am now is because of of the people that impacted me in those early years on the national team. That's good. So you said you didn't make the junior team, but you you made the senior team? Yeah, they they wanted, because I went there as a pitcher. They wanted oh, a okay, pitcher and a catcher from that 92 year, yeah. Right, right, right. So who who was, who on that team that uh, on the, in 2009 that uh, you would have been looking up to that, that helped you along the way? Fellow outfielders, Caitlin Lever and Mel Matthews were huge for my development. Um, Left-handed hitters, dynamic, and just elite outfielders. So I shared the outfield with them uh, for a majority of my first few years. And then offensively, I just never been exposed to some of the high-level thinking of the Gen Yees of the world. And, And it was just such an eye-opening experience. Jenny, I will, she would tell you this too, like did not give me the time of day. I think we first talked to each other after being teammates for like four years, Um, but just watching and I would hit before her a lot of the time and she would just give me little nuggets and probably doesn't even remember doing it. But um, I looked up to her so much and, and really Caitlin Lever and Mel Matthews were huge in my development as a softball player. Right on. Yeah, we had Jen on the podcast here a couple of months ago, and and the, her hitting stats are just off the charts. It's ridiculous, actually. Yeah, she's uh, one of the best in our game ever, no doubt. Mm. Um. So what did what did you take away from that from that tournament in OKC? Did you get much playing time? I did. My first year, I was actually a starter and and played the entire. I was our starting right fielder, so I got quite a bit of playing time. Um, I honestly just it was the first time I wasn't kind of the best player. Mm. And so I think uh, just that reality check of why I've got a lot of work to do. If if this is where I see myself, like I, I had never really been in the weight room. So I was introduced to kind of the team Canada standard of strength and conditioning and doing all this stuff in the off season. And it challenged me in ways like I was playing soccer in high school and doing all these other things and, and having a job and trying to manage this team Canada training um, to the same level that people who it was their full-time job and, and they were really invested in and, and knew their bodies and all that kind of stuff. So I think that entire first kind of full calendar year really challenged me to, to figure out what I needed to get good at, figure out how to train at a higher level than the people I was uh, around and find a way to get better when I didn't have coaches or 
teammates who maybe had the answers around me because my dad and I were, were always figuring things out together. I never had hitting lessons or uh, a pitching coach or anything to that degree. So really just self-exploration and challenging, challenging myself in different ways so that I wasn't completely falling behind everyone who was in college or, or beyond. Right. Right. Uh, in 2010, you got to go to the WBSC World Championships in Venezuela. Uh, what was that experience like for you for the first uh, World Championships? Uh, it's so different looking back now. I mean, I was still so young mm. and I did not understand the scope. I mean, I was still, we call it like, like I was still experiencing each event for the first time. And, and all you, I knew is that you, the, the tournament was really important. <laughs> right. You were still in high school. I didn't know like, yes. Yeah. Yes. That, that's crazy. So yeah, I, I look back and like, I didn't know. Mm. I didn't know how important it was. I didn't know how big a deal it was. I saw that everyone was really excited, but in my mind, like, yeah, we're better than them. We should go win. But <laughs> to see the excitement and, and just the, like the celebration that our team had after beating China and, and winning those big games, mm. it was like, Oh, okay. Wow. Like it started to hit, but it really didn't hit me until I prepared the way I do now and really understanding what goes into it. And, and the journey and, and where we've come from as a program and all those things that I've really started to to kind of look back and appreciate those moments more. Cause I was, we didn't have the culture where I would ask questions or kind of talk about things with the veteran. It was just like, I was following around. I was just trying to keep up. So I think, um, I reflect on those moments a lot more now than I did, uh, eight or 10 years ago, for sure. Right on. Uh, the following year you, uh, you were on the world junior team that went to South Africa. Um, what was it like playing down in a place that's not really known for their involvement in the game? I think it was so awesome. That's been one of my favorite trips I've ever had. Um, oh, really? We did terribly. Our team was off. Our team should have performed far better than fifth. Um, but just seeing, I love traveling somewhere where they love the game and and it's and just trying to grow it. And then we get to go and, and kind of bring that excitement and, and show them how great the game can be. I think there's so much power in that. So that was, um, in Venezuela and places I had been in the previous years, like they knew baseball and they loved the game. And so, um, it didn't kind of have that same newness or kind of like we're revolutionizing the world, bringing the sport there. So I think that that trip was a trip to South Africa was not only amazing because we were traveling so far and experiencing a totally different part of the world that very few people get to go to, but to kind of show them something that they had never seen before. And, um, the community was so amazing and so open and just wanting to learn and, and learn from us and all that stuff. So, uh, that was a super powerful trip and we were there for, for almost a month too. So really got to take in the culture and kind of experience it, which is, which we don't always get to do when, when we go on uh, trips for tournaments. Right. So, I mean, a lot of people think of South Africa and they're thinking, you know, poverty and everything, but I mean, South Africa is, it's, it's pretty, pretty like, you know, modern compared to a lot of, a lot of other parts of Africa, correct? Yeah, completely. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, we, we got to explore a little bit and, and just, it was so beautiful. And we stayed in a be- in a nice hotel. We felt super comfortable and, and super safe, which is, which is always kind of one of your priorities when you go somewhere you've never been. It's just feeling safe and feeling like you're comfortable. Right. For sure. 
now on to University of Washington. Um, why the why the Huskies? Um, why the Huskies? Well, it wasn't always the Huskies. Oh, okay. I um, was actually really wanting to go to Stanford University. It was just the university in my backyard. Um, I really prioritized academics, and that was a super important part of my softball journey. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it wasn't until I played on the national team that summer in 2009 with Jen and Danielle, where Coach Tar came up and saw me play. And, and I was like, well, I like Washington, but I'm wanting to go to Stanford and I'm, and I'm waiting to do this whole process. And so the Stanford opportunity actually fell through. I applied and I didn't get in, which was a huge blow. Um, I was crushed. And so I kind of was like, okay, I'll go to Washington as my backup plan. Um, which turned out to be the best decision of my life. It was the perfect combination of a great academic school and a culture that is second to none with super high expectations um, on the field and off the field and and just really allowed me to grow as a softball player, as a human, as um, a leader. And uh, being able to kind of, my coaches would follow our team during the summer and come up and see us. And so I would have a really great relationship with them and they worked with coach Smith. So it was, it was kind of like a I had always had all of the coaches helping me along the way and just my discovering who I was going to be kind of on both teams. Cause I was establishing myself as a, as a person that was going to be on the national team for a long time and, and establishing myself as, as a key part of our Washington lineup. And, and so kind of, utilizing both of those experiences to be best for both plays. Right. Right. So what was your first impression of the, of, of the campus in Husky softball stadium? I think it's, I mean, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's, the campus is amazing. I've been there once before on a tour and fell in love with it. I'm, I would move to Seattle if I could afford it. I think it's <laughs> beautiful. It's, it's the greatest place in the world. Um, and there's so much history in the softball stadium. It's beautiful, but, um, the people that have played there, the accolades on the walls, the the people who have worn the uniform hold so much um, importance to me and the program. So I think that's that's what's really special. Yeah, so I was looking at some of the pictures there, like your guys' locker room and everything. It's it's fantastic. It's like like that'd be awesome to walk into every day. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely spoiled. Um, and fans that that love you, whether you win or lose and just want the best for you as people. So, uh, couldn't have asked for a better college experience, quite frankly. Now, is, is that the football field in, in behind it? Like in behind home plate there? Yes. Yeah. What, yeah. Did, yep. What's the, uh, did you get to many football games? Oh, every single one. What's, what's that atmosphere like? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, it's, it's different than kind of your SEC, some of the other college football experiences, right. but it was, they were awesome. I mean, I, I loved the atmosphere. It, it was, it was fun to kind of explore people tailgating. And in Washington, you have the sailgating with the yachts on the water of, on the, on Lake Washington and just such a different experience than um, a lot of other college football game experiences. So right. I, I always tried to go to every single sporting event. I think collegiate sports are so special and so fun. There's so much, excitement and, and passion involved. And so, uh, it wasn't just football that we enjoyed. We, we definitely made sure to support all of our fellow student athletes, uh, whenever we could. Right on. That's awesome. Uh, do you remember your first game against Illinois, Chicago? 
Oh, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I remember putting the jersey on, but I, no, not really. Oh, okay. I remember putting the jersey on and thinking it was, it was the coolest thing. Yeah. But um, no, even, I'm not great with, I'm not great with remembering specific games. Oh. Kaylee Rafter would probably oh. be able to tell you more about my career than I could. We had Kaylee on here but. and <laughs> she, she's like an encyclopedia. It's, it was unreal. <laughs> yeah. I think now that I, I feel, I feel so old, but kind of, there was a lot of my softball career where I did, I was still discovering who I was as a player, right. like these kind of team Canada things you've talked to up to this point, some of my collegiate career. And I'd say like 2013 was probably when I really started to come into my own and understand who I was and what I was doing. So, mm. and then now in the last few years, um, but yeah, I love looking back at memories and being like, Oh my gosh, that was me. What was I doing? Or looking at videos and whatnot. But, yeah. Uh, now, do you, re, do you remember, <laughs> do you remember if like in that first year, like since you were playing at a high level since not 16 years of age, was there a big adjustment in that first year? Do you remember? For me, not as much. Um, and I attribute that 100% to my experience with the national team right. leading up to that point. Um, so I played against some of the best people to ever play our game, Jenny Finch, Kat Osterman, Monica Abbott, all those pitchers and so I think the shock of the speed of game and all that wasn't as significant for me in those first years mm. um that being said I I competed but I wasn't I didn't put up crazy video game numbers like some of the freshmen you see now I was just like a solid um, contributor and just kind of owning a, a, a role but but I was reliable for a freshman for sure yeah now, I noticed your last two seasons you, you're, you had a fielding percentage of a thousand is, is, is that a side of the game that you work hard on yeah, I mean, I definitely take pride in my defense. I, I would probably classify my, I would have classified myself as kind of uh, an offensive minded player, but at the University of Washington, they take so much pride in defense, which I, I mean, you only know, you know, I thought everyone did. And so I think now my attention to detail with defense and, and just the littlest, tiniest things, um, I take a lot of pride in. So, uh, that was definitely molded by my time at Washington. They are defensive gurus. They um, teach the best mechanics and, and kind of the way to play. They teach it at such a high level in the collegiate game. So um, that is 100% due to uh, my coaches at UW. Right on. So what, what were some of your biggest memories at Washington? Definitely uh, in 2013, going to the World Series, was I mean it was one of my dreams as yeah. a young kid growing up watching and then again playing in that stadium uh with Team Canada in 2009 and 2010 um for the World Cup and and just seeing it on TV and watching it being able to kind of help my team get there and be the one to to get the hit to push our team there um was a dream come true and being able to compete on that stage was is still one of my favorite softball memories um for sure. Yeah. And I, I mean, you always think that you're going to go back. And when I was a junior, we're like, well, we're going back next year. And so you can never kind of think too far ahead because then, uh, you don't, you don't quite make it, but, yeah. um, anytime we had the opportunity to compete in the postseason was super special. I mean, it's such a high level of competition. There's so much on the line and, uh, the world kind of stops for, for softball 
and you, you have that time to be like a real professional, it feels like, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which is, which is fun when, when you don't kind of, when you're not a professional yet. Yeah. No, I, I read it. Like, is the intensity level at the world series, like it's, it's amped up that much more. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, it is there until kind of the world championships and Pan Am games. It, it's the most competitive softball I've ever played. Now, I'm going to go back to the national team here for a bit. Um, you missed the 2015 Pan Am Games with an ACL injury. Uh, imagine you were pumped for your teammates to win gold, but was was it a tough time for you from a mental standpoint? Um, yeah, it was. that was super challenging. I kind of look back at that as a turning point in, in my career. Uh, it was so hard. I'd been on the team for seven years up to that point and was a, I was a captain and it, I was a super big part of that team. And so for the only year me not to be there for them to do something we'd never done, um, took a lot for me to get over. Um, it still hurts to watch uh video or them talk about it and whatnot. It's just like, it brings me back to one of the hardest experiences of my life and just dealing with an injury that most people don't come back better from or as good from. So, yeah. um, it's, it's still, it's still tough. I mean, I'm, so happy for them, but do I wish I was there? And do I wish that I could have been in that moment and share that excitement with them? 100%. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely still, still even five years later, like it's, we need, we need to one up it. We need like another, we need an Olympic gold medal for people to, to get excited about. So right. I've just try to think forward and, and think how we're going to do the next thing. Yeah. Now, is there anything you took from that experience that stays with you to this day? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it was incredibly hard to, to just grind back from the injury. And so, um, I just took a lot of pride in, in my process and coming back better and, and just taking the adversity and putting it in a really good way. And so I kind of look at a lot of challenges in that thing. Like if I can make this opportunity, if I can turn it around, if I can turn around an ACL injury and become better from it, I can turn something else into a positive for me. I can battle through some really tough stuff and be better from it. So I think um, it was kind of the first real adversity I'd faced. I wouldn't say real adversity, but it's a freaking tough thing. And it, it, for some people, it's a career changer. Oh, so absolutely. It's absolutely. a huge deal. And, and, and just to be able to kind of prove my prove it to myself that, that I could battle through it and I was tough and, and I could uh, become better has been something I reflect on quite often. Now I want to touch on your uh, coaching stints that you had in Louisiana, Massachusetts, and Maryland. Is that a side, mm-hmm. is that something you want to pursue down the road in a, like a head coaching role? Um, I'm really undecided right now. Yeah. I really enjoyed my time in the game. Um, I love the impact. I think coaches have such an important impact on student on student athletes specifically, but in the greater sense, just coaches are so are like they mold young women so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I look back on most of my mentors have been coaches that have had a huge impact on me. So I love that ability to pay it forward. But uh, after kind of exploring other avenues and in, in the way I lead as a leader, I don't think coaching at the fresh at the college level is is something I'm going to pursue afterwards. Okay. Um, I enjoy quality of life and hoping to have a family and, and a little bit of that 
a little too much to throw myself into the grueling work of being right. a college coach, but um, I've certainly loved it and learned a ton from my experiences. Awesome. Before we move on, Outside the Shoot would like to thank one of their sponsors, Prodigy Sports. Located at Nine Simmons Road in Bedford, Nova Scotia, Prodigy Sports is your leading supplier of team, league, and school sporting good products. Prodigy Sports prides itself in its unique working relationships with all the major name brands in the athletic industry and has an extremely close working relationship with sporting good manufacturers around the world. This combination makes Prodigy Sports your number one supplier of sports equipment, clothing, and supplies. Please join them by looking further into their website, prodigy-sports.com, and discovering the world of Prodigy Sports right at your fingertips. If you have any questions about their company or any of their products, please feel free to contact them at 902-446-4645. Well, on to the Athletes Unlimited League this past summer. First off, uh-huh. first off, that, uh-huh. that was awesome. Like, how fun was that for you? It was amazing. It was life changing. Um, it was so fun to just be, to, to build, to genuinely build something was, was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, to be there every single step of the way and just see it come to fruition was incredibly fulfilling. Um, but then just to be able to play and be there as, as an athlete and experience playing with different people and, uh, being challenged as a softball player, as a leader, in so many different ways was, was awesome and has, has made me better in so many ways, but, um, it was so fun. The softball was intense. I'll never look at the game the same. Uh, and I'm just so proud of everything that went into creating it. So how, how did it all come about anyway? Um, well, I was, over a year ago, I got a call from Sherry Kemp, who was the current NPS commissioner and she okay. said she had an opportunity that they were looking for a few softball players to come here they were pitching this this new concept this new league and so um I was kind of like okay this this sounds a little bit weird we already have a professional league I don't really know what the deal is but you know what anyone that wants to invest in women's sports I'm I'm here for it so I went up that day with three other um professional softball players that were playing in the MPF at the time mm-hmm. And, um, we met John Patrickoff and Jonathan Soros and there, there were about three other people in the room at the time and, and they pitched to us athletes unlimited and we were kind of in turn pitching softball to be their first sport. And so, um, from there I went home, I, I heard the thing. I, I looked at some of the girls that were there. I was like, this is awesome. I want to do this. And so I signed my contract the day it was given to me and, and agreed that I was going to help um, not only be a consultant for them and help them grow the softball side, but actually be the first athlete and compete in the league. So right. uh, from that point on, every week we met as a group and, and we developed policies and procedures. We established the rules for how we wanted the game to be played. We um, pitched the idea to softball players all over the world to join our league and kind of had to sell the idea that had been sold to us to, to the 57 people that ended up joining our league. And so um, it was a lot of work, but to um, to see it come to fruition and see how much the fans enjoyed it, see how much all the players enjoyed it, mm-hmm. uh, was more than we could have imagined. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, like the the point system was a fantastic idea. Who who came up with that? That's Jonathan Soros. 
he uh, he thought of it all himself. He's a he's a math wizard. Oh, okay, that was like that was awesome. Like like you you'd never seen anything like that. Like especially from softball point of view, I thought I thought that was amazing actually. Yeah, and I thought it. Um, I mean, it's not always going to be perfect. You're always finding ways to tweak it, but mm. I thought it it did a great job of of kind of equalizing or leveling the playing field from different types of softball players. Yeah. So when I first saw it, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to compete with somebody that hits bombs. And, but my ability to, to lead and be a single double hitter and kind of steal bases and, and chip away mm-hmm. in, in ways like that proved, uh, proved that it could compete with that. So, so I love that about the system. Right. Now, were you guys in your own league bubble there? Yes. Yeah, we actually we called it a shield because oh, okay. we did have some contact with the outside world. Like um, Danielle Laurie was one of our commentators, and she would fly home and and enter the real world. And uh, so right. yeah. we had some contact, so we had to be careful. But yes, we uh, we were in a shield. Right on. Now, what what was it like being a team captain and and doing the draft? Did you feel pressure to to draft Joey, Carissa, or Kelsey? <laughs> um i did not okay. uh we had talked about it before we talked about it beforehand um we were all we were all going to support each other no matter what but we had kind of acknowledged that we were each on our own journey here right and um wanted the best for one another i did i tried to draft them all but uh i only snagged kj one time they were okay. they were going too high too high on the leaderboard which i was obviously happy to see them them do that but i think it was also good for the four of us to kind of grow in our own ways. I'm I'm so proud that we weren't just like the four Canadians hanging, sticking together, doing mm-hmm. everything together. And we all kind of got to have our own experience and then come together, of course, and spend time together as a group and kind of reflect and see what we could bring to our team from what we were each experiencing in the league. Right. So w- when you were drafting, what was that like? Like from my point of view, I love drafts, but I mean, I couldn't imagine mm-hmm. having to, pick amongst my peers <laughs> so what was it like for you it was so it was so fun um it was definitely a challenge but fortunately the player group was strong so no decision was a bad decision right so um it was set up in a way where you were always going to have somebody at a position you didn't have to worry about really like messing it up to where you couldn't play and the competition was solid all the way around you were you're going to get players that were good. But yeah. I think as the weeks went on, I'm so glad I got to be a captain twice to kind of test different strategies because there's 100% a strategy. Right. And just like leveraging who you are, leveraging who the other captains are, trying to risk and guess who's going to go where and and where you should kind of put your eggs in, in which basket and, and uh, what parts of the game are are really going to get you points because ultimately that's the most important thing. It, someone might be a great softball player, but if they don't get you points, it it doesn't matter. That's right. the name of the game. So it was incredibly fun and it was great to just be held accountable by a point system. If you wanted to be drafted higher, guess what? You had to perform. Yep. If you were like, if you weren't happy with where you were drafted, then show up the next week and then you go higher. Or It, it wasn't really political. It was, it really turned out as, as the season went on, um, the high performers went high. So, um, no bridges were burned or, or drama that you think kind of could come out of, of a situation where you're drafting your friends or maybe not drafting your friends. Right. Now it, from a captain's st- standpoint, w- were there any players that caught your eye that you were like, wow, I didn't realize they were this good. Um, 
I think one, like I, I played against her on team Italy, but Erica Piancastelli was just an absolute pure hitter. She was such right. an elite hitter, um, in AU and we've only, we don't get to play Italy very often. So we had only actually played them once in worlds in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was fun to kind of not only be her teammate, but see her on a daily basis. And then another would just be Jesse Warren. She's such an elite third baseman, um, on both sides of the ball. She's just an absolute game changer. So, uh, those two really, really blew me out of the water. That's for sure. Right on. Now I got to ask you about the catch. How, how awesome, uh-huh. how awesome was it to be on ESPN's top 10, even though they said it was Savannah Jaquish? <laughs> I know. I couldn't believe they said it was Savannah Jaquish. So I was like, man, this would happen right now. Just come on. Yeah. Um, but no, that it was so cool. I mean, I had drafted Haley McClenney that week. So that was actually the only weekend that I didn't play center field because, Oh, wow. I mean, Haley McClenney is, is, is the best center fielder in the world. Right. So, um, I was playing left field. So I actually, before the weekend started, I was like, okay, man, I have to take some reps here. Like I've, I've played all these games in center. I haven't really been moving around. And so, um, it was awesome. I knew she was going to have, I knew Haley was going to have my back if I, if I dove for it. Mm. She talked she was like rooting me on, talking me into it, but, um, it was definitely a special catch and it was actually a perfect game at the time. So oh, that's uh, right that too. That's really right cool. too. Yes. I actually, I was, yeah, I so watched that game. Man. I watched that game and that's awesome. There was, there were so yeah. many defensive the, the play before, plays in that game. Yeah. The play before was actually an incredibly hard sun ball mm. that, um, I completely like my glove is up. I was doing everything right. And it just completely went in the sun. Like sometimes it just does that. Yep. And so I'd actually made a really, what I thought was an actually way harder catch the actual, the very play before. So yeah. I thought it was kind of funny that, that the next play got on cause it looked harder, but in reality, the sun ball was, was yeah. a much tougher play for me to make. Yeah. There was, there was a really fantastic double play in that game too i can't remember if it was yeah. you guys that turned it or it was the other team i think it was my team they i my team played such great defense that week our team was so great it was so fun yeah oh no doubt having having great d especially when you're a pitcher you'll love it <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah now i want to touch on the sports illustrated article the unrelenting uh came out after it was all over uh, now that was a list of the most powerful, most influential, most outstanding women in the sport right now. And it was yourself, Kat, Erica, and Jessica. That must've been a very proud moment for you. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm so proud to just simply have softball represented on the list. Right. Um, because I, our sport so often doesn't get the recognition that I feel and like we feel it deserves. Mm -hmm. So um, to be included as a sport on that list and then to be on that list. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the names around me and it's like, wait, are you kidding me? Like, this is, this is crazy. So, um, so grateful, so appreciative. Um, and I think I'm hoping that that's what we continue to see is our sport next to some of those greatest athletes. Cause our sport has amazing women that are doing incredible things. So I think um, I'm hoping that our athletes unlimited opportunity has opened the door for softball to be in those conversations more regularly. Absolutely. So are, are you in for next season? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. How, how big can I'm you, in for the next couple of seasons? Yeah. How big can you see it getting? Um, well, the cool, the cool thing is 
is that the, the league itself is going to stay 60 players. It's going to be super competitive. It's going to be short, the short season. So all the excitement and the, um, what made it so fun is, is staying the same. So we're not going to just some traditional model. So I think that that's going to keep it really interesting, whether or not we're in a pandemic. Obviously right. we, we got a little bit more viewership because everyone, but um, I think it's going to be huge where we, as athletes unlimited, we're launched, we've launched volleyball and we just announced that we're launching lacrosse. And so to see the attraction that those sports are getting and how we can grow as a brand, um, this is going to extend so far beyond softball and that, um, that involvement with those other sports is, is just going to bring us to an even higher level. So um, I think it's going to continue to grow so fast and worldwide. I mean, I got messages from fans in Singapore, from fans in Japan. And so for a first year product to be reaching worldwide, I, uh, I can't imagine what we'll be able to do once uh, softball is back in the conversation with the Olympics and, mm-hmm. and kind of all that stuff. So I, I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I can't wait to watch next season. Like I, I really enjoyed it. It was awesome. <laughs> I love that. Thank uh, you. Thank n- you for watching. No problem. Uh, now on to the prep for the Olympics in Tokyo. I mean, you're a year. It was supposed to be this year, but uh, uh, stupid pandemic. Uh, how's, how's the training going for that right now? It's, it's going great. I mean, it, Athletes Unlimited was an awesome opportunity for me to, to train against the people that I'm going to see there. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm just now getting back into the softball today. I went and hit for, for kind of the first, the first time getting back to basics since, since our season. So, right. um, it was such a great opportunity to train and just see where I am, see how I'm comparing to other people and, and see what I need to work on moving forward into this kind of second off season. So, um, now it's full steam ahead back in the, back in the weight room, back in the cages, just fine tuning and, and trying to find a way to get better, uh, yeah, but it, it's it's all good. Enjoying it, still loving the process, and um, I'm excited to kind of take what I've learned in AU and and try to bring our myself and our team to the next level. Right? Has Coach Smith given you guys any indication when you'll like be all back together, training together? Yeah, 2021. It's looking like we'll we'll kind of be operating on our own um, and doing what we can. And fortunately, I I get to train with um, Jen Fowling every day in florida when she's here and then uh i've got kaylee rafter a few four hours up the road so um we'll have a few people coming our way our way down to florida in this off season but um we're connected and then kind of doing in our doing our training in little pockets of people which which is fun to kind of have that team element without obviously everyone being able to get together right right so i i had to ask you like how did you like halifax last year so that's that's where I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> I we I mean, I liked it. I thought it was great. I'm very happy that it wasn't as cold as I thought it was going to be. That was like the saving grace. Um, but the people were awesome. The food was awesome. Mm-hmm. I feel like every restaurant or brewery we went to, we had such a great time. Um, and it was just so fun to to kind of experience something different. Like we we would get to go into downtown together and go to the market and, and kind of explore, um, our strength coaches wife owns a little business and she sells at the market. So we got to go see that and, and really kind of, it was so fun to just be in one place right. and a place that has, um, 
fun stuff to do and and outdoor activities and and uh it was kind of a cool like holistic experience and thankfully it wasn't it wasn't too cold not according to holly i had holly on here and she thought it was the coldest thing ever like that's that's bc for you right there oh (laughs) yeah no i i pictured like i pictured being up to my nose in snow daily actually we had had a good we were in the arctic yeah we had a good winter last year for snow wise that like that was kind of a we should we usually get a lot more snow than that but uh you guys locked out yeah <laughs> we were that's how I, I was like we really did it rained a few times i'm like isn't it supposed to be snowing like what's going on here um we we only lost we lost power for like a an hour or two once oh. um we were never snowed in uh we we were for sure spoiled and had a good time and then then a pandemic had hit <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, unfortunately. Yeah. So, back to the Olympics. You guys are ranked third going in. How do you like your chances? I mean, I always, I always think our team can compete. I feel like every year we just continue to get better. And I think back. I often think back to to the last Worlds in 2018, the last time we were all uh, together. Kind of those those teams that are going to the Olympics and. I remember being so close in that Japan game in, in 2018, we ended up losing by a run, but I remember like I was an inch away from, from getting an RBI hit two different times. And just that feeling of being so close and just not there yet from being in that gold medal game. And I reflect on how much our team has grown since that game. Um, we've beat team USA at Pan Ams. And I think we're just in such a great position to continue to get better and um, just just keep creeping even closer and beyond kind of where we've been in the past. So I love it. I think we're right where we want to be. I love the feeling of being an underdog and kind of being a dark horse and people need to throw their best at us and 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 we're in the conversation and that's right where we want to be right now. Right. Now, is there any other countries that are like people should be looking at? Besides, well, you, you know, there's Japan and US and you guys. Is there any, what other countries should other people be looking at like as a dark horse? Yeah, honestly, every single team at the Olympics is, is elite. Yeah. It's, um, it's going to be the most competitive Olympics that there have ever been. There's no doubt about that. Um, Mexico is, is, is getting better as well. They're finding ways to compete. Um, and team Italy is doing a lot of good things. The Aussies are experienced. Um, I think it's really just going to be, Who's who's doing what with this extra year? Right. Um, who let quarantine and, and kind of the pandemic at the most of them? Who found a way for it to be their competitive advantage? But I I definitely think this is going to be the most competitive Olympics we've ever seen in our sport, which is so great. Um, not only for a dark horse like us, but just for the for the growth of the game in general, because that's ultimately why it was taken out of the Olympics mm. um, after 2008 was was because it it wasn't. It wasn't um, broad enough, and the talent—the talent was pulled so specifically with the U.S. and, and kind of Japan in that way. All right, right. All right. Uh, little uh, thing I like to end the podcast with is a, it's a player association. I'm going to throw a name at you, ah, and you, uh, you, awesome. you can say as much as you want or as little as you want about them. So, I'll start out with okay. uh, 
Coach Heather Tarr. Oh man, she is, she's amazing. She is the best at her craft, 100%. No one has attention to detail like her. Um, few study the game as intently as she does. And uh, I'm so proud to have played for her. And uh, I'm so thankful she gave me the opportunity to be a Husky. Right on. My next one is probably the best uh, softball name I've ever come across is Hooch Vigali. <laughs> oh my gosh, Hooch. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, um, she, we played together at school for four years. She was actually one year above me, but tore her ACL my freshman year. So we got four years together. Um, she had the best hands of any softball player I've ever seen. Really? Nobody played first base like Hooch. She had the softest hands. She could pick anything out of the dirt. And just she was the first person I'd seen really own first base and truly love it and um, become just an expert in that. So I always appreciated that from her. And, and uh, that was also the first time I was the one hitter. I had a power hitter hitting behind me versus kind of traditionally having that um, slapper bunner two hole. So, so we always had fun putting the game in motion. And, and my favorite, one of my favorite memories of all time was me at third base at the world series. She laid down a squeeze bunt that um, I scored to tie the game. So that's one of my favorite UW memories. Nice. Nice. Uh, next one is uh, Hannah Flippin. Wow. You got a new one. Mm-hmm. Hannah Flippin. She's, she might be one of my favorite people I've ever played with. And I only had the chance to play with her for for a few weeks at Athletes Unlimited. But she's one of the most elite defenders in our game. She's an amazing human. If I could, uh, I would pick her on my team every single day if, if I could if I could play with her. She's an absolute game changer. Awesome, uh, Kat Osterman. Kat, oh man, my enemy. <laughs> Kat is my enemy. No, it was she when I was talking earlier about the game, uh, watching VHS tapes and learning how to pitch full circle moments where Mm -hmm. those VHS tapes were of Kat Osterman and I was learning how to pitch from her. So to be her teammate this year, um, to face her in the box and, and be able to succeed off of her and then just building a relationship as competitors has been awesome. She's truly one of the best players to ever play our game. Um, her ball moves like nothing you've ever seen. It's the most deceptive, um, spinning pitch she's she's in her own league for sure but um it's been fun to know as a person we have we have the same we have a lot of the same personality traits which make it fun right on yeah she's a legend um absolutely danielle laurie danielle laurie is the fiercest competitor ever doesn't matter the sport um Few people can compete and, and challenge Danielle the way uh, she can challenge herself. So I love competing with her. I love playing behind her. Um, and I'd go to battle with Danielle any day. I think after she's done, she has a career in broadcasting as well because she was awesome in the AU. Like, <laughs> no whole bar. Awesome. Yeah. 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 She's, she's, and she just loves it. She calls it like it is and she does it as a teammate too, which is uh, so refreshing. Um, yeah. She holds me accountable and, and she's so fun to play behind and, and battle with. And you know, she's going to do whatever it takes to win. And that's all you can ask for as a teammate. Absolutely. Uh, last one is Jen Salling. Jen Salling. Um, 
I mean, Jen, Jen's like a sister to me. Um, we are training partners and, and I go to her for a lot of things in life. Um, we've really grown together. We train together. We, we grow together, um, a lot in off season and it's, it's been so rewarding to, to kind of go through this journey with her. Cause we started as, as teammates at Washington when I was a freshman and she was a fifth year senior. So mm-hmm. it's been kind of 12 years of, of developing a really honest, true sisterhood friendship and, uh, to see her grow and, and see her challenged and, um, and getting back to being a shortstop and, and being one of the best in the world that I can't wait to see how this softball journey ends up. But, but, Danielle and Jen are both uh, friends for life. That's for sure. Awesome. Well, Vic, I got to thank you for coming on. That was a pleasure to talk to you. Um, I wish you nothing but the best at the Olympics. I hope you bring Canada back gold medal. That would be fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) And you uh, and me both. You and me both. Yeah. And, uh, you know, after, after Olympics, all the best with the, with AU. I can't wait to watch that again. So uh, thank you for coming on. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was such a pleasure. And I, I'm so grateful you watched AU and enjoyed it. I love hearing that. And I uh, can't wait to, to just keep playing and keep growing the game any way we can. Absolutely. Take care, Vic. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right. See ya. People pulling on my strings like it's a puppet show For anybody I don't know, leave me the fuck alone Cause I ain't comfortable to be in crowds like a buffalo Wait, looking at your picture like what's real or not Too many filters on your face, baby, peel it off Always gotta take a smell of what that dealer brought They say it's skunk marijuana when it's bunk marijuana We don't jump when you wanna, best believe it, leave it They'll break bread with you, then double cross you like Jesus Oh, we used to say don't believe it till you see it But nowadays even seeing it don't guarantee it I don't trust I've been had a couple times, I'ma say it first My ex-girl cheated on me, I was out the door My next girl had to prove that she was out for more Wait, you talk a lot of game, but we just don't believe you You need to tighten up your lips, baby, do some kegels I ain't your boy, I ain't your friend, you need to tell your people I don't associate